0: You're listening to Limitless Leaders Podcast. Accelerate your mindset, collaboration and performance by developing limitless self-leadership, leaders, teams and organisations. Now, over to your host, Renee Gerusso. Hi
1: and welcome to the Limitless Leaders Podcast. Wherever you're watching or tuning in from around the world, we welcome you. So, we're over the halfway year mark, 2023, and it's been an interesting year, especially in Australia. There's been a lot of things going on. Um, And what I've seen with a lot of clients and leadership groups the last, especially the last few months, are people are feeling a bit demotivated. They're feeling a bit burnt out, a bit overwhelmed. There's less people doing more. Um, And a lot of people are really juggling that hybrid environment and getting their teams back into the office. Um, So we've been doing a lot of work around that. And today, I'm super excited to introduce you to Adrian Belajin. So Adrian is a leadership and team expert, and he's obsessed with helping um, some of the best leaders with the games that matter most to them. So with 20 years plus corporate experience across Canada, Africa, and Australia, he's worked extensively in marketing, sales, strategy, and joint venture management. He's been involved with transformations, mergers, downsizing, and expansion, and has received state, national, and global awards. Adrian is also the author of a brand new book, his first book, Teams That Swear, By each other, not about each other. Welcome, Adrian.
0: Hey, Renee. Thanks for having me.
1: Absolute pleasure. I've been looking forward to today and your book did catch my eye. I get a lot of books sent over and this one has really caught my eye and it's a fantastic book. I've had a read through, so I really look forward to talking about, I guess, leadership leadership and some of your ideas, insights and models around teams that swear. So to kick off, Adrian, I'd love to just ask you, you know, a little bit of your background, where you've got to where you are today.
0: Oh, it's, a, it's an open-ended question, Renee. We could go yes. anywhere with that. So um, <laughs> feel free to rein me in if you need to at any stage. Um, yeah, so originally from Canada, born and raised um, in Western Canada. So, you know, growing up, the childhood was very much uh, winter was a big part of our life, and in Canada... You typically, if, if you're a young boy at that stage, you grew up with a pair of ice skates on. So mm-hmm. um, a typical childhood, playing hockey, playing a lot of sports and then baseball oh, nice. in the summer. Um, uh, and then, yeah, I suppose as, as I grew up and you got into, you know, what am I going to do with my life? You know, after high school, that question. And I didn't want to. Uh, I love sport, but I didn't want to be a teacher. I didn't think that was for me. I wasn't good at science or any of that. Um, I thought, oh, okay, well, I'll just go into business, and so studied finance and marketing. And from there was really just I worked with a few different corporates. You know, and we're talking big brands. So this is yeah. Imperial Oil, like the equivalent of ExxonMobil in Canada, mm. and, and then in the pharmaceutical space with a global pharmaceutical company. And then in 05, I moved to Australia. So going from a place from Saskatoon, population of 250,000 people, all the way to uh, Melbourne, you know, yeah. 5 million. Big mm-hmm. so yeah, it was yeah. a big move. Yeah, absolutely. My wife is from here and, and we lived in Canada for uh, a year and a half or a winter and a half, really. And then we came back here and the, the plan was we're going to live in Canada for a bit. We're going to check it out and then we're going to mm. I'll move here and we'll we'll live here for a couple of years. But I think probably from the time we landed, 51 percent of our decision was yeah. made. yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's how I ended up here. From a court, from a, you know, like a professional perspective, worked twenty years across different corporates as, as an employee. Yeah. Um, probably the common theme across my career was was either leading teams or working with a number of external partners. Where it's going right? How do we create these cultures? Or if you're working with an external partner, say in sponsorship or joint venture, how do you create these micro cultures? Yeah. got? Two yeah. different ways of working coming together and going, right, how do we book tick boxes for both of us and find mm-hmm. our way of working together? So um that's 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 how it all started out now. Yeah, I've been in this space of working with leadership teams, trying to to help them really identify what's important to them and and and, and find what is the best way for that group to achieve yeah. what they are trying to do.
1: And I love that because that group, you know, because it's different for every group. And I think leadership and teaming or teamwork is in the eye of the beholder of that group yeah which is which is so important so what can i just ask you to kick off what does leadership mean to you
0: you know what i found renee is mm-hmm. even like just certain terms like leadership and culture and the more that i <laughs> double click on it or get a little bit deeper the more confusing it gets for me, mm. because it, but because it really does encompass so many different things. Okay. So, when I think about leadership, there's a couple of things. I, th- I think the main thing about leadership, and this is, the, I don't think it necessarily, you know, people will say it's not a title. No. I, I think within businesses, you've got managers, right? And they typically manage people and they manage a certain outcome that they're working towards. Leaders, you can manage people, but you don't have to. To me, leadership is understanding what's important to you mm. and then following that or pushing that and, and staying on that path, doing doing what you think is right.
1: Yeah, I love so, that. And do, do you think leaders, whether you've got the title or not, need to manage and lead? Because they're two different things and they go together.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think even let's say if you do have people who report into you. Yeah. Um, there is the piece there are pieces you have to manage you have to manage a project a timeline oh, certain deliverables have to be delivered um and there are skills that that are management skills um the leadership space to me if you are a leader you're actually unlocking a lot of potential and you're, you're actually delivering more than just those those tangible those quantitative kpis that yeah. everybody has the leadership you it unlocks a lot more opportunity
1: does. It does. I always liken it to Batman and Robin. So when you're a leader, Batman's a leader, Robin's a manager, and I, I've always had a bit of a 70-30 split just based on, you know, years of work I've done. But you're right. I think the management, you're in the coalface, you're in the team, and you need that element, especially at the moment. There's a lot of disconnection out there. And then the leadership, I love that. It, it is. It's unlocking potential, and I always say, you know, empowering others, So you can do what matters and you're creating future leaders. I think that at the end of the day is a leader's role to create future leaders.
0: I love that. I love it.
1: Yeah, yeah. And or or supergirl and superwoman for those girls out there listening. (laughs) So before we go into your book, I'd love to just ask you, and I ask most of my podcast guests this, um, I'm a big believer in the gift mindset. And it's a concept I've lived since I was 23, and obviously written a book on. Gift mindset is about being open to unwrap the lessons or the gifts in challenging people and events, and positive people and events. You know, I say, I say, uh, a challenging person, I call them a Chris Kringle. You ask for perfume, you get socks, but they teach you the most. You know, the pandemic was. Um, pass the parcel, you know, you unwrap Mm. that bit of paper, you don't know what you're going to get, right? So in your career and life to date, because we live our whole selves, what would be a gift or a lesson that you've learned from something that you use now to progress yourself forward?
0: You know what, when you were doing your introduction and you were talking about um, people, you know, needing to be their best, Mm. And there's lots of burnout and it's a mid-year and, um, yeah. you know, mid-year is always, it's it's, it's a great <laughs> point just to say, right, we're halfway through, what can I do differently? What should I keep doing? What yeah. I should stop doing? Um, if there's one lesson that I think that served me the best and, and this, I've always been a teams person. I've played a team mm-hmm. sport, um, I've yes. sport, I've coached sport, I've obviously worked in corporate. But what I do know to be true is that before a team can be at its best is that each Person in that team knows what needs to know what they need to be at their best, mm-hmm. and make sure that that's part of their regular routine, whether that's a daily, mm-hmm. whether it's a weekly, quarterly, monthly, whatever it might be. Um, and this is particularly true for leaders, yeah, because leading in this hybrid environment right now, I, I just find it, it is so difficult for leaders right now because a we're coming, some businesses are rebuilding, some are really expanding, some are still struggling, they're still surviving, which is all three are different contexts and and, and bring different pressures. Then we're throwing in this whole new way of working that there's pr- some leaders are getting pressure from the organization to say, we want our people in all the time or X amount of days. And then you've got others that are going, oh, just do whatever you want. And some in the middle that are like, ah, oh, just do what the people want to do. Um, that makes it, and this is all unknown. So it's Yay. more pressure, more stress on top of the regular stresses that, that 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 come with everyday managing everyday leading. Um, so the the biggest thing that what I'm finding with leaders right now is the, and I do this all the time before we start working on with the leadership team in terms of how they do together better, it's actually giving permission to reflect and reconnect Yay. with what each person needs to be at their best
1: yeah Um, love that
0: it's it's just we don't give ourselves permission no to think about whoa stop here what what are the things that keep me going keep my energy levels at their ideal level Mm. and then if i can get that in place and this is the key is like when leaders can take care of themselves they are 20 times more effective that's what you suggested before unlocking the potential of others so uh, that one lesson is going make sure you're prioritising yourself. When you're doing your to-do list on Sunday night or yes. at, the, at the morning, what is that one thing that you're going to put on there and that you're going to keep as a non-negotiable that's Lovely. going to help you keep you at your best that puts you in position then to help others more?
1: And it's so important like at the moment I think Australia, it's one in four are suffering burnout and mental mm-hmm. illness and um, I always say who's looking after the leader. That's, that's, that's something I always talk about and Filling your cup and taking the time to reflect, reset and refocus. And that's, it's, it's so important. Um, I wanted to ask you, I'm a big believer in motivational intelligence. So not doing what you're good at, but doing what you're good at that you enjoy. We actually map that. So, you know, you might be amazing at analysing data, but you wake up and feel sick to the stomach because you just don't like it. That's also part of what you said. So know what you are good at, that you enjoy, not just what you're good at, and share that with your teammates because then you can leverage the diversity of a team and run yeah, well, a strength based team.
0: I love that. I think that's something when I'm talking about being at your best, to me there's four different sources of energy Yeah, and one of them is your inner energy, and that's about knowing your purpose, <laughs> your values, your authenticity, but there's that piece yeah. around um, what you enjoy doing and like for me I, I know when I worked in the corporate space mm-hmm. for me that was actually running a kids t-ball program yeah well, I Friday afternoons at 5 30 and so my work was very good at that because they knew that gave me energy and that made me a better person so on Fridays at three o'clock yeah. they were fine with me knocking off early yeah getting home early so then I could get to the ballpark and set things up yeah. And then have a great time with, with all the kids. So, yeah, I think, I think, um, Beautiful.
1: yeah, take and it can be in or out of work. I, I say you've got to bring your whole self to life. You shouldn't, you need to integrate it. You know, I don't think there's one or the other. Um, and I always say give the world the best of you, not what's left of you, because you know, we I'm guilty of that. I'm not a great person with self care. I'm very driven, and work gives me so much joy that sometimes it blurs over. So let's get into your book. I'm super excited for this. All right. So Teens That Swear um, by Each Other, Not About Each Other. Tell me a little bit about, um, I guess, where the name came from and what is sort of the master message of
0: this book? Well, it's funny, Renee, because uh, a couple of people said to me, they're like, do you really teach people how to swear at work? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm, no, no, no. And I'm I'm not like, I'm not a huge swearer <laughs> either. Um, so uh, I'm not necessarily advocating just for the workplace to become a place of profanities. But um, so the title of the book, Teams That Swear, uh, was inspired by a colleague of mine um, who, when I came to Australia, I found that Aussies, in my mind, Aussies swore a little bit more. Yeah, um,
1: definitely.
0: Uh, <laughs> like just in general, and there were certain words one word in particular that uh, if I use that back home, it was more of a a derogatory term. And if you called somebody this word, it was like gloves are dropped. You're ready for a little bit of a Donnybrook. Here it was a term of of what? Oh, a Donnybrook. So a a fight.
1: Okay. See, I just love learning all the different terms.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's a really important one, right? A Donnybrook. um, um, So... Uh, but what I found was, yeah, there's more swearing. And then I had a colleague who I worked really well with, connected well. Um, we could we could disagree on things, but this person swore a lot, and I would point that out. I give them a little bit of a hard time, saying, geez, you've got a potty mouth," and they'd say, "No, no I don't. It, don't worry about it. It's good for you." And um, I was a little bit stubborn, right? Because I was saying, "Oh, you're just typical Aussie. You're swearing all the time." Um, so me being a little stubborn, jumped onto Google because I was like, "Well, let's see, let's let's put this to bed. Who's right?" Um, and funny enough, we were both right. Uh, Aussies are in the top five countries in terms of countries that swear. What's so, the number uh, one? So Russia. Really. Yeah. Oh, so. Okay. I I can ima- I don't know any Russian, but I can imagine it would be very strong and terse. I, it I think. would
1: be, and it would sound like swearing, even if it wasn't. Yeah,
0: that's right. They could be saying good morning, and we're going. Oh my god, they're swearing. Um, but uh, so Aussies do swear quite a bit relative to the rest of the world. Uh, but the other thing is that my colleague was right: is that swearing actually has benefits. Yes.
1: Yeah, so so let's talk about those.
0: Okay, cool. So I talk about them in the book, but there's a couple that are, that are really fascinating. Um, they have nothing to do with teamwork, but it's like still this professional development, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, one of the pieces of research talked about uh, the study that they did was they would have the strength test. They would have to do this squeezing test and it would measure how strong they were. And they would get a group to do it um, by just doing that by saying no words. Second group would say it saying they're just uh, uh, they called it a neutral word so i.e. a non-swearing word, and then they would do it a third time, but while they're doing it, they would get them to repeat their favorite swear word over and over, and lo and behold, the group, the the people that were the strongest were the ones that were swearing, Mm -hmm. so, um, you know, maybe Lance Armstrong should have maybe considered that instead of jumping on the yeah. Uh, on the other things that he took to get stronger but um so, so it makes you stronger another one showed that uh, it actually increases your pain threshold so similar type I, I of study that.
1: yeah
0: yeah so i don't know if this is one you want to try at home but it's ice bucket of water see how long you can keep your hand in the bucket uh, again saying nothing saying a neutral word and swearing yeah. saying a swear yeah. word the group the group that could keep their hand the longest and this was over 40 seconds longer than any other group was the group that was continuing to to say their favorite swear word um love
1: it. so so what is what behind that around when you you know it's that whole state right so if we're going to neuroscience so if you're swearing you're focusing on those words and they're punchy, and you're getting them out with energy that time goes more quickly is that part of it
0: yeah, I they, the research weren't able to talk about the physiological reasoning behind it. But I think I think swear words do have a power that other words don't. Uh, there's something yeah, that's yeah, a little yeah. bit more emotional. Yeah. So whether there might be something in the, the adrenal system there were the more adrenaline is pumping because it evokes certain emotions. But um yeah. Yeah. the uh the third the third piece of research on this, and this is probably more related to Ten. the things that your Eight. listeners are looking for around around teamwork was um, there's a piece of research that was done across Australia and New Zealand, kind of ironic that there's a piece of research around swearing or some swearing benefits yeah, from like, Australia. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what what they they this group set out to look at, all right, we're going to look at a number of different teams and we're going to identify why do some teams perform better.
1: Yeah.
0: And So this is not going to be a surprise. One of the main contributors to the teams that were performing better is that they had higher levels of trust. Yeah. Well, I think that's a pretty safe assumption. We we probably didn't need to do a piece of research to suggest that. But this is the really cool bit. When they're they, they like, okay, but we want to get deeper. Like we know trust is good, but what actually strengthens trust amongst teams? And one of the traits that they're able to physically see or physically hear was that the teams that had the highest levels of trust, they found that they swore around each other more often. So it would be All either in trouble. around each other. So, yeah. Hey, yeah, well, that like, well, an expert like yourself, you jump into it right away. Like that's so what they found is that when they talked to the people, they said, You guys swear more than other teams. How come? And they said, Well, I can just feel like I can be myself. Mm. I can drop my guard. I'm not going to be judged. Yeah. Uh, people, even if I swear in a bad way, people aren't gonna think, geez, Renee, what a jerk, or you're a bad person, right? They what they the know me that? and
1: then, Yeah. Yeah
0: right and what they found is that when people would swear in front of each other it actually made the trust stronger and built on it Mm. so it's um so that's that's the the idea but but when it comes to swearing in teams there's there's a right way and a wrong way right and again this is where the title of the book if you're swearing by each other and in front of each other bang good that's that's the the good way if you're swearing about each other and often when that happens behind each other's backs that's when it's no good. So there is there is a right way and a wrong way when it comes to swearing.
1: I just love that it's the it's the openness to be yourself and you know without bringing in like you said before leadership culture vulnerability they're all buzzwords. They've been around forever, but it's about being your true self and having that deep connection and rapport. Um and it's also, well, the 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 byproduct of uh, of that Adrian, is psychological safety or creating a safe space, right? So swearing sort of is an indicator, isn't it? It's a lag. It's an indicator that, hey, they must be comfortable around each other. You wouldn't be new in a team and swear your head off most probably, right? Depends what industry. So with psychological safety, you know, I'd love to ask you, what are some tips that leaders can do to foster this and what are some tips that their team can do as a peer type sort of thing? To foster psychological safety.
0: Yeah, I think the, a couple of the things that a leader can do. One is when, when you're talking with a team member or somebody who's reporting into you, anytime they come up with an idea. Yeah. Or they've got a concern, um, or <laughs> perfect world they might have made a mistake and they're telling you. Yeah. Rather than going right away, going oh, okay, now what are we going to do? Or oh, you shouldn't have done that. Or mm-hmm. or like. Facial expressions, right? Or you're like, mm, that says a lot. Um, even though that might be internally your, your initial reaction, is actually give your brain a chance to move away from the emotional response to mm. a logical response. Yeah. And a real easy way to do that is like using three words. Tell me more. Mm. If, if, yeah, if as a leader can just get away from that initial reaction of wanting to fix or frustration is showing actually dig in a little bit so one it's going to give you time for your brain to calm down a little bit um, secondly you're going to get more context yeah. right because you're going to be making some assumptions mm-hmm. by just saying tell me more you're going to get more of that context more understanding of where that individual is coming from and also the impact you're going to have on the other person is like right I've just told them I've stuffed up or I'm struggling with something yeah and they want to know more yeah. they're they're interested in hearing what I'm saying Mm. Mm. and so I think that is something just those three words again words are very powerful swearing has a different impact but just three powerful words like that Mm. can then make it comfortable for the other person to share but just as importantly it makes you more comfortable
1: yeah I love that and that tell me more always opens up something that's more open and, and it makes the other person I think feel important and listened to which which is quite a profound thing these days to actually feel um listened to. No, I love that. I think um, you know, moving beyond mistakes and supporting, we we the gift mindset, that's the culture is that it's it's being able to share a mistake or a stuff up. I've got companies running failure Fridays, Win Wednesdays, so they actually share their failures, but not just the what, but the how, how yeah. they move through them and I just so tell tell me more tell me about it it's a great way for those of you listening i guess to respond with logic instead of reacting with emotion um which is so important i love that um and you know high performing teams like one of the key traits is psychological safety what else do you think is a really good indicator if you were to shine a light on a team to straight away sort of see you know, is it a high-performing and
0: happy team? Um, so there's probably two things when it comes to high-performing teams that my view is that there, it comes down to two things because um, if you jump on to Google, oh. jump in there, how to create high-performing teams, you'll get like, I think the last time I did it was like 4.3 billion results in 0.4 of a second, right? It's mm-hmm. like, oh, it's really simple to run teams. Um, well, that's what I tried to make it. I wanted to say, right, if there was maybe two things that you could focus on Um, through the research that I did through the book. And then I pull in 20 years of experience working in the corporate space across the world. To me, it came down to two things, relationships and clarity. Yeah. So like, and we've talked about some of the things around. So to me, relationships matter most. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. So the things that contribute to to a, a strong and mature relationship within groups, we've talked about one, psychological safety, right? Just that you don't fear being judged. Um, the other one is around personal connection. Uh, there's a baseball manager, Joe Madden, is like my my hero. I've never met him yet, but uh, one day I will. But um, he uh, so he worked Major League Baseball, and he he talks about how he says I cannot build trust with my players until I have a connection with them. Once I build that connection, that opens the door for trust. Now this is not really. I find in the corporate space, like I hear this term, "I'm not here to make friends," oh, yeah. or you know, and then and, and people saying as a leader, "I don't, don't get too close to your people." Mm. Um, I, I disagree with that. Yeah, I do. Hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I, I think when you do have that connection, um, when you feel comfortable in sharing challenges that might be work related or not work related, um, I think when you understand what drives people, you want to work with them and for them more often, um, right. and if If leadership is about what we talked about, unlocking potential, and creating future leaders, we have to understand them and we have to have that connection. So. um, So, yeah, so relationships is a connection. It's a trust. It's a safety. But then the other ones and this like what would I see or hear or shine a light on one? I'd be looking for that feedback is shared.
1: Yes, big
0: one. Now, it has to be shared in the right way. But the best way for feedback to be shared is if somebody asks for it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is so much easier when 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 it's the reverse and you see something like, oh crap, am I going to tell Renee something? And then I'm worried about what you're going to think about me. You're not going to like me anymore. And, and then you're going to take and you'll be like, freaking, what is Adrian? he doesn't even know what's going on? Um, but that if you can hear teams providing feedback to each other, that's yeah. a great sign of, of high performance. And the other one is around conflict. Yes. You're a big fan of diversity of thought.
1: Diversity of thought and conflict for good because you can't avoid it, but I think what you can do is manage it and get the best outcome, idea, relationship or change through conflict.
0: Yeah, and I think when it comes to conflict, is it the unproductive conflict? Yeah. And this is the bit that... The the unproductive conflict, if you look at that, here's a sign of a high performing team. The very best teams can get through that conflict. Conflict isn't inevitable, it will happen. But the very best teams get through that in an effective and productive way. And when they do, they build great momentum and they wield great power. You think about, you probably can think of some unproductive conflict, right? What happens? It actually, all that momentum that you've created up to that point, it's stalled. And that's
1: that's right, it's static. I think, I think conflict, you know, you think of some of the best ideas in the world, and um, you know, the changes in the world, not just in a team, but like globally come through conflict. And you know, I'm not agreeing that conflict's always great, Mm. but I look at conflict, I always say it's an opportunity to do and be more. That's that's you know, I'm very much into. You know, who do you need to be and what do you need to do in that order? Um, and conflict can be a conduit
0: to that, yeah? Yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. And like um, the ba- Wu Tang Clan, right? I, I like, yeah. I've got a very diverse uh, range of music.
1: I love it. And I love your stories, by the way, throughout your book. I think stories is such a great way to get a message across. It's memorable.
0: Yeah. And in the book, I talk about the Wu Tang Clan around conflict. And when, the leader of the, the band um, uh, started it, he actually leveraged conflict or difference of opinion, or he got the the, the members of the, the group to actually compete with each other. Yeah. And he'd say, right, um, here's the tune, but I want you to come up with your own lyrics. Mm-hmm. And then they'd come together and they'd be like, okay, Renee, your turn. Mic drop, let's go. And you would do your rap and then <laughs> I would do mine. And yeah. then the group would decide, right, which one did they like? Right. And it was a great way of going. Let's actually get two different opinions, two different perspectives, two ways of going at that, and then see if there's one that stands out or resonates more. Or sometimes you might actually find we want to take a little bit of this one. We're going to take a little bit of that one, put them together, get something even better.
1: Beautiful. I love that. And I think it conflict and feedback and coaching, obviously, passions of both of ours, because especially feedback, I think you know, what's the old saying? There's no such thing as failure only feedback. We we actually have Adrian, I've got companies that have implemented my stay interviews. This is the three years ago I came up with it. So every quarter, why are you staying? What's keeping you yeah. here? What are you adding? What do you need? Yeah. How do you want to be stretched? And it increases retention, but it prevents the exit interviews and people leaving for the wrong reason. So it's about consistency, isn't it? And, and having that respectful and trusting environment to actually share.
0: Um, and you know what? When you talk about consistent, I love that that's a discussion that's a regular thing. Um, I mentioned before that relationships matter most. The other thing that I would notice in teams is is clarity. So clarity actually creates cohesion amongst teams. Um, and this is where what would I see a team doing? I would see a high-performing team on a regular basis, and this might be every two or three months. You don't have to be doing this every single weekly meeting or fortnightly meeting, but it's going, what is our team's purpose? Yeah. And this, I, where I see the biggest aha moments for leaders, and this is particularly relevant for leaders of leaders. Yeah. So you're thinking maybe GM C-suite, yeah. right, is 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 first of all, agreeing, what is, why do we have a leadership team? Mm. Right. What is the purpose of this group? It's different than what's the purpose of the you know marketing departments. There, I don't know, generate leads, create a brand, create engagement. Yeah. Yeah. But what is the role of that marketing leadership team to ensure that happens? Mm. When leadership teams can really identify that and revisit that and talk about what is what does it look like? Yeah. Yeah. Spot on. Um, (laughs) That can be that can be really good. If what again high performing teams they will talk about that.
1: Yes. That's right. And why we're here, what's our why to fly? And I, I get it because if you're
0: like... Why to fly, I love that's that. My,
1: that's my purpose. My purpose means your why to fly. And if you go, I don't feel like flying on that, then that's probably not your, surf, um, your purpose or you've changed trajectory. But I love what you just said because I think it has become, you know, this might be a bit controversial, but leaders have teams, we know that. their their managers lead them, you know, and it keeps going. And we're the same. We do a lot at mid to C-suite level. But if you're in a leadership team, you're there to create a collective,
0: Mm.
1: bringing every business team together. I call that a collective. It's even bigger than a team, right, because there's no barriers or walls to make a difference. So if you're out there listening right now to this and you're in a leadership team, I'd love, I'd love to ask you, Adrian. What's one thing they could go back and bring into a catch-up that isn't the same? I call them slinkies. You know, the same conversation, something a bit different.
0: Yeah, um, I would have. I've got, I've got a, a routine set up that there's eight different things. Yeah, you can go. So if you meet monthly, boom, eight different things, and you can repeat that. But it, it, it's the things that we talked about before. So on the relationships. Yeah. So I'd be talking about all right. I'd be putting focus on connection on one meeting. What is something we can do? Um, Talking about psychological safety. Um, Something as simple as going, right, what do we feel really comfortable in talking about with our group? And then what's something that's, you know, it's kind of sitting in the bottom of your belly and it makes you feel a little bit uncomfortable. What's something that maybe we don't feel 100% comfortable with? Mm. What might that be? And getting that out, right? Uh, meeting number three can be around feedback. Let's talk about right. Here's something I really admire about you, Renee. And you know what? You'd be even better if you did this yeah. down the track. Yeah. Um, and then the conflict, right? Let's pick an idea, and then we're going to be intentionally, Renee. You're going to be the one to challenge my ideas today. I want you every everything to. I want you to bring a different perspective. Yeah. So there's there's a difference, right? We're not doing the slinky. Mm-hmm. Um, on the clarity side, revisit that purpose.
1: Yeah. Right. Lovely. And
0: make that list. What does good look like? Uh, roles and responsibilities. Um, mm-hmm. Like, you know, we make these job descriptions, right? Yeah. And they're at a point of time, this is what the business needs now um, to help us achieve our goals. Well, I'm guessing in six to 12 months, the landscape has changed. Mm-hmm. Um, the things that need to get, get done and the priorities have changed. Yeah. So. Particularly within leadership teams, it's important to revisit those roles and responsibilities. So it might be just something like, Renee, we're going to talk about you today. Everybody write down what you think Renee's responsibilities are. Renee, I want you to do the same thing. And then let's share each other's answers. And typically what you get there is you get some real black and whites. Yeah, it's very clear Renee's responsible for this. It's very clear this is not what Renee's responsible for. But yep. There's this stuff in the middle. This I call it the gray.
1: Yeah. And yeah. Just
0: yeah. by making people aware, like the whole group is aligned that there is some gray. So when something comes up, it's like, oh, I'm not sure. I better talk to Renee about this.
1: Yeah, I, I love that, and I think there's some great tips there at any leadership level when you're catching up mm. with your team. And I think it goes back to it almost. Goes back to the basics with some focus. You know why are we're here. Why do, what's our why to fly? What are our values, which lead into your purpose? And I love the bit, um, Adrian, you said around sharing clarity and getting clarity of role because things do change. And I always say, you know, you don't want to. You want to have a voice at the table. You don't want to suppress. You want to express. So, what what is between that? And to me, it's what you've mentioned having some focus areas. I always I always love bringing the gift of gratitude into things too. Like we tend to start off all our meetings, workshops with who or what are you grateful for.
0: Mm, yeah.
1: um, and people, it, it's a game changer because it gets you to think forward, have that forward thinking, that optimism, not positivity, optimism, to be in that frame of mind. One of the quotes that you, you mentioned was complacency is costly, co- oh, sorry, complacency is costly i'm a big one for challenging the status quo what how can people do that a bit more
0: well when i talk about complacency renee i think when it comes to working together together as senior leadership teams you mentioned before right like people if you're leading a team that's Mm. what you consider your team but the That's reality right. is, and this is this is building off the work that Patrick Lencioni did in Five Dysfunctions of a Team. Right? He talks about Team One and Team Two. Team Two being the team that you lead,
1: yeah,
0: and Team One being the team that you're part of. And I think that is something that, at the senior level, mm. whether it's director, GM, C-suite, sometimes they forget that they're actually part of a team. Mm. Right? Or the
1: other way around.
0: Yes. Well, yeah, which one is is important. But so I think what I find with teams is sometimes they just think that teamwork just happens on its own.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Right? But I I think complacency is costly, but being deliberate pays dividends. Yes, yeah. And so when it's about how do we avoid being complacent, we're very intentional about the things that we talk about or the things that we do as a leadership team. So I I love when you're talking about get rid of that slinky because – you know, in meetings, do people really need to hear what all the other pro? Give us a- everybody's insane. got five minutes to share what they're working that's on.
1: Saying go around. What are you up to? You know, it's 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 a bit. To me, it's a bit like you or I getting asked to just talk at a team. Like watch it on YouTube, right?
0: Well, what, like, but you know what, what? You know what? That 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 agenda item is really good for. Like, okay, everybody's got five minutes to go around. If you got six people, yeah, to be, that's twenty minutes. I got to get my emails done.
1: Yeah, that's. It's- So do something and I love, I'm a big fan of running like masterminds, you know, what's a challenge, an opportunity or something you want to move faster on? The team can only ask you questions that you write down, only offer suggestions and then you keep it or can it and you can do that in eight minutes. And I've personally seen people in senior leadership teams go, we've had that floating the slinky for a year and we've just nailed it in eight, you know, eight minutes Um, I'd love to, oh, God, we could talk all day, we have got to close soon, but I'd love to just ask you a little bit about there's a model, and those of you that are getting the book, page 58, um, on is your team shining? I love models that are easy frameworks for a leader to be able to go and just decipher it and break it down. Can you run us through that model?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So um, for anybody listening, mm. just imagine in your head a square broken up into four quadrants, right? And so when it comes to creating teams that shine or high performing, whichever terminology you like to I use the word shine. Mm. It's based on relationships and clarity. So in a team where you have a, a real high level of maturity in terms of the relationships amongst the group, And the team has a high-level alignment. There's lots of clarity. That is a team that shines. And the character. how do you know if your team is shining? Um, One, the team works really hard, but the energy is renewed because they're making really good progress. They're making a meaningful impact. I love it. They can see the outcomes of what they're doing. Um, The other sign that a team is shining is that sometimes they're arguing, sometimes they're debating, but they can get through it, and people are happy to be persuaded. Right. When the debate, to me, there's two jobs. You're either persuading, or you can be persuaded, and both of them are really good.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah.
0: The other thing that a shining team does is they actually, because the team is working so well, that frees up the leader to influence more broadly. So you will typically see shining teams not just performing well in their department or division, but they're actually influencing more broadly across the business, or even at the highest level, they're in influencing at an industry level.
1: Yeah. So that's.
0: Those are two little triggers there. Um now on the flip side, do we want to talk about the sinking team? Do we I'd want say, to go there.
1: Well, if you're shining right now, those of you out there, and I just keep hearing shine bright like a diamond. <laughs> you need yeah. to put music in your model. I I'm 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 hearing that. You will know, you will know straight away. If you're not feeling that, what might what might that look like, Adrian?
0: So if you're not feeling like that, it could look like three different ways. Right? So the first one is sinking. So that's the bottom left hand of this, this model. That's when you have really poor relationships and low levels of clarity. Nobody really knows what the team is working on. They're not across who's trying to, what objectives they're trying to achieve. Mm. Um, they haven't actually talked about which behaviors are going to drive the success of the team. Um, these teams are really scary from a, from a business perspective, but an individual perspective. Because from a business perspective, um, what are they delivering? Issues. They're actually not delivering any results. Um, uh, Those teams are typically quiet, you know, in those team meetings sometimes and somebody asks a question and nobody answers. Mm -hmm. That's a sign that the team is sinking. Um, The other one is like if you have high number of six days, absenteeism, um, mental health issues, because what happens in these teams, they're not making any progress. They have no support. Their confidence is getting beat up, right? And ultimately, people start questioning themselves. And all they're like, man, I just want to get by today. I just need to get by. And they, they're swearing. they
1: are not thriving. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: You could call it a surviving team. And the swearing in that team is about themselves on an individual level. It's yeah. like, what the F am I doing? Why am I not doing so good? God, I'm SH. SH- you know, awesome.
1: So if you're in that down, <laughs> that sort of um, sinking or stagnant sort of quadrant, yeah, you're swearing at yourself, whereas when you're shining, you're swearing um, by each other. I love it. That's cool. I love that. Absolutely love that. Um, Like I said, I think, Adrian, we might have to do a a part two soon. I'd love to do that with you. There's some great, just some great insights in the book, what I loved about it too, and, you know, huge congratulations on you. There's some really easy-to-follow frameworks. There's stories, there's metaphors um, that make it a really Easy to read book with key takeaways at the end of each chapter, which I'm a big fan of. Um before we finish up, I'd just love to ask my three trivia questions.
0: Why here your we go. noise? My favorite noise? Mm. Um mm. Renee, I've never been asked what my favorite noise I is. Know,
1: that's why <laughs> I love asking it.
0: Um, you know what? I've got particularly in the summer, I'll have my breakfast. Go for a workout, come home, have breakfast outside. Yeah, I got this beautiful tree in front of our house. Oh, gorgeous! And it's just in yeah. full bloom. And then, what adds to it? And anytime if I'm talking to somebody on Facetime back home, they're like, "Where are those birds?"
1: Yeah, those those,
0: those sounds of those birds in the morning.
1: Beautiful. And I know where you live. You're not far from me, and we get um, probably about thirty different sounds. It's
0: yeah, cool. absolutely. Yeah. So that's
1: your favorite noise. What's your favorite word?
0: Oh boy. <laughs> Um apparently I say right on.
1: Mm. A lot. I'll let you have it it's two words but as you roll it we'll make it one.
0: Yeah that's what? the icy side coming up.
1: Your last day on our beautiful planet and you're having dinner what is your last meal that you oh, want to
0: have? Lasagna caesar salad and um some garlic toast. Oh,
1: we might have to have our last last day together. <laughs> <laughs> and if you went back in time and could be anything else than what you're doing now is there something that you'd go oh I wish I'd done that
0: I I don't think I uh, <laughs> look growing up five year old I wanted to play ice hockey with the Montreal Canadiens yeah so that would probably be something I'd love to be able to played in the Montreal Forum um back in the 80s um so that's that's probably one thing that I would have yeah. loved to have a-
1: I love it I love it and I think look everything that we are who we've become and who we're continually becoming is based on every moment moving forward you know I'm a big believer in that and who we're being I I um you know I anyone listening to this today I'm sure you can listen to this again or watch this again and take some great notes one thing I will say is create your to be list we do that with clients not your to do because you can do a million things and have something, but if you're being who you need to be before you do those things, it will be more, you know, effortless and easier for you. Um, Adrian, I've absolutely loved our chat. How can our listeners and viewers
0: find you? All right, there's a couple couple ways they can find me. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, um, Instagram, Adrian yeah. Balargen. It's Bellargin is a tough one to spell. So if you visit AdrianTheCanadian.com, that'll take you to my website.
1: Love that. Um, and we will have these in the show notes. Yeah,
0: yeah so that's I found that's a little bit easier to spell. Um if you want to grab a copy of the book, it's on teamsthatswear.com. Um and I'd love, can I give all the listeners a gift today?
1: Yeah. I was just gonna ask you if yeah. you had any gifts, which you know you always go, I hope you do. What's the gift you want to share?
0: All right. I would love for anybody who loves reading the books on the, on the iPad or the book um, for the next 10 days, I'm happy to give everybody a free copy of the e-version of teams that swear. Um, that? When they go to teams click on the, the digital book. Um, and when you go to check out, just use the coupon code swear by Renee and it's going to, and it's Renee R E N E E. Don't worry about the accent on the top because I don't even know how to do that on my laptop. So we just want to keep it really simple. So if we just go swear by Renee, um, it'll knock off the price and you'll get that sent directly to your inbox. No price.
1: Amazing. Make sure you you take advantage of that in a good way. Um, So, you know, that'll be up and available 10 days from when this podcast has been published. Thank you so much, Adrian. I've absolutely just loved our chat. To all our listeners and viewers out there, um, if you've got any feedback, we'd love to hear. If you're loving the show, please leave a five-star rating and and share with those in your community. Just before I close out, I'd just like to share that our Cook and Connect one-day team retreat um, has gone live. So we've run a few this year. Now we're running it in-house for corporate. So It's an awesome day and I have to say I just can't stop smiling when I run it. So we run a cooking, Italian cooking class in the morning out at Billanet Winery in the Yarra Valley and then we do some walking meditation and then I run you through with Sean Tucker who does a lot of energy work. Um, We run you through reflecting on and honouring your journey, you know, where have you been, the gift mindset, and we go into tips to reconnect to yourself and others and to re-energise and do what lights you up. So it's a great day for you and your team to, to, you know, take that connection to the next level. So just visit my website for that, um, renegeruso.com, and you'll see there's a whole retreat page where you can register your interest. Thanks for listening. Have a great day or night wherever you are.
0: You've been listening to Limitless Leaders Podcast. Leading from the inside out to develop limitless self-leadership. Leaders, teams, and organizations. To find out how you can accelerate your mindset, your communication, collaboration, and connection to become a limitless leader, sign up for our Limitless Leaders Podcast Series at www.ReneeJeruso.com forward slash podcast series. That's www.ReneeJeruso.com forward slash podcast series.